0: Welcome to the Divine Rhyme, a music podcast with culture with Will Hogsett and Dylan Hughes, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network.
1: week of the divine rhyme presented by the running hook podcast network if you could give us a like and a follow on tiktok instagram twitter you name it all three of them give us a follow we're trying to break that uh tiktok algorithm get big on that dylan hughes is the mastermind behind that as always joined by the legend himself dylan hughes dylan what a fucking week
0: man what a week Man, it's this, this is. I think this is the week we've kind of been building up to. Yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously, next week we've got circles, which is the uh, grand finale. But this, I, this is the week I was really looking forward to the whole time because it's the it's the first week I'm really comfortable with the music. It's like the music I actually know. So coming back to it, it was uh, it definitely was interesting. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna front. I'm down bad. I'm down bad after listening to uh, both these albums. You know, it's a different Mac. It's a different Mac than we've seen in the first couple of uh, episodes. You know, it's where like in the first one where we're going to talk about Divine Feminine, it's kind of like he found what he was looking for to an extent. Right. And then swimming is just like. The, the flip of a coin man The i mean the exact opposite right off the bat and so i know for me at least i'd ha, i'd had i had to mix up some other artists just because like listening to these two for like a week man i i, I was going down in the spiral and so hughes have you been dabbling with anything else and if so what have you been listening to
0: you know i had to uh i had to return to some comfort and uh <laughs> I, I i threw blank face back on okay that's and, a good one. <laughs> and like it was just it was just sitting there. I'm like, you know what? it's been a good what couple months here. It's uh it, it deserves some attention, And, man. like listening back through it, I want to say that was schoolboy's mo like easiest album to just listen straight through. yeah, it it definitely wasn't my favorite as as we discussed in our series with him, but it uh just as like a pure listen ability standpoint. Like you throw that on, you're not skipping a track, yeah. and that—that's what I realized. And it was, it was—I uh, think it's the one I'm going to keep coming back to over time.
1: Yeah, talk about schoolboy. I, I noticed, especially uh, in these couple albums that we were uh, talking about today, the influence kind of of schoolboys, kind, you know. Not necessarily uh lyricism, but his his kind of production and kind of the vibe behind his production. I really noticed that a lot. And I'm like, damn, you know, I think especially in uh I think especially in swimming, although you know Kendrick Lamar had a lot to do with Divine Feminine and you know the connection is there in that in that um capacity. But I will say on my on my half, I've been listening to a little DMB little DMB because I went to a concert unexpectedly on Saturday night. Got absolutely blacked out. Wasn't a great, wasn't a good thing. Was not a good thing. Because the next day I was listening to swimming all day long because we have this pod. And I'm like, okay. When you're coming off a hangover, especially like my hangovers, I don't get physically hungover. Really, I just get like in an existential crisis the next morning. And then I turned on swimming, and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh no, this is not good. Uh, so, but I also have been listening to Billy Strings. Which hmm. I mean, that's not phenomenal either to bring you up on a mood. But I'm heading to a Billy Strings concert, Garfield Park on Saturday, so I had to get caught up, make sure I, I know every song he's going to play. Because at DMB, I didn't know one. I just went for the vibes and getting blacked out, and yeah, it didn't turn out well. Definitely, definitely did some reevaluating the next day. There's no doubt about that. But. uh it's not about dmb this week it's not about billy strings it's all about mac miller and uh Every every week we do these pods, Hughes. I I'm more I affirm more like the way that we 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 did them with the specific kind of albums, in order. Drew kind of gave us the idea, and man, he he hit it right on the money. And I think this week especially it shows just with the comparison between the two uh, albums that we're covering. And so just to start us off, what what, what were your main takeaways from this week as a whole uh, from Divine Feminine and then Swimming?
0: Well, you know, something that I was kind of looking for was obviously and this is something I look for every week, but it's like where is he going to go next, right? And this is something we do with every artist. It's we're curious cuz if you if you look at the artists we've done so far, they all kind of have a not necessarily a similar similar trajectory of of what the music is and the message, but they, you can kind of divide their career up into bits and pieces. And as you mentioned, Drew did a good job with Mac on this one. Um, I think there's a pretty harsh dividing line between the four weeks we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And coming into this week, obviously I knew what to expect, but, you know, it's coming off of the, the monster week we had last week um, with Good AM, you know, leaving us off. Good am was an interesting project because it was a mix of kind of happy and sad you know mm-hmm. and that was it's not necessarily new for Mac um especially last week I think we saw that kind of mixed through um with faces as well mm-hmm. and and watch movies with the sound off but good am in particular it it felt like he really wanted to make just a an album that was fun to listen to. Cause that's what he built his career off of was, was the vibes. And I think he wanted to return to that, but at the same time, he had to like stay true to himself. Cause that's mm-hmm. the music that he knew how to make. So he continued to kind of sprinkle in the, the sad existential type of music. Mm-hmm. And I think it gave good. am a really nice balance. I think where you can get hyped up like if you want to get hyped up listen to in the bag break the law you know yeah. something like that but there's also some stuff where it's like oh man like it's just like kind of tragic to listen to
2: mm-hmm.
0: um so coming into this week it's like is it going to be more of that is he going to maybe move in a different direction is he going to try to make a happy album or a sad album and i think we kind of get a bit uh a bit of both of these two albums
1: yeah i think uh You know, especially let's just get into Divine Feminine already. That was next one. The first one that he uh, that we're releasing after uh, Good AM and man right off the bat with uh, congratulations. It's like, okay, this is a Mac that I haven't seen necessarily before. Like this beautiful piano intro, obviously the theme Divine Feminine. Uh, is right there off the back I love the where are you and then the the divine feminine just the intro of uh, the song and then um, you know the the, the the theme in the song itself he's like he's okay with waiting you know waiting for this divine feminine this girl allowing her to find to come to him allowing her the time to come to him and that's just like a mac that we haven't necessarily seen before especially with like the the song the more somber songs you know
0: Yeah, and, you know, Divine Feminine, I think, was a really interesting, almost, like, stamp to the love song for Mac, because if you look at the love songs that he's had already, they're all kind of of the same ilk, where they're like, I know that I'm not good at this, but I'm trying. Mm -hmm. And I I think if you look at the first, like, three or four songs, well, the first three songs especially – you kind of get that vibe where he like he's admitting like he knows that he's messing up and like a lot of times he's trying to like keep the girl before she leaves, you know, and but he's trying like he he knows what that, you know, what that divine feminine spirit can do for him and like he sees it, but he just still isn't able to completely be perfect. And I mm-hmm. think that's. I think perfection is also kind of a, another theme that swimming I think we'll talk about more. But something that he's talked about a lot, like chasing perfection. Um, so I think I almost think that a lot of his music is just almost him negotiating with himself, like yeah. whether whether he's doing the right thing or not. And it's interesting when you come at it from that perspective. Like, I think it kind of changes how you see the music a little bit, especially. But I think,
1: go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say you you definitely see that in swimming and I know I don't want to talk about swimming a lot, but if you look at that perspective of Mac is kind of not necessarily putting music out for himself, uh, for other people, but he's more, it's a conversation with himself. You definitely kind of
0: are able to see a different angle into it. Yeah, exactly. And I, again, we'll get to swimming in circles. um, As obviously the circles is, it's i'm not going to get into it we got a whole yeah. week on it but yeah. <laughs> like but there's you can just tell if listening to the music we've listened to it, basically his entire discography at this point um and you can see a build up you know mm-hmm. and i think s- swimming is like that that right before you get to the peak moment um and but the divine feminine plays an important role too again because i think he's it's obviously a themed album. It's about you know the divine feminine, like the the female spirit, basically, and all that that all that comes with that. And like this, I, I noticed a pretty significant line between the beginning of this album and like the second half. Um, you know, we'll we can get, discuss structure a little bit more later on. But these beginning few songs, like I said, you can see him kind of he realizes what he wants but it's like almost he doesn't know how to have it or how to keep it and i think you know congratulations is a good start for that but really the first three songs are are kind of the same theme yeah
1: i definitely agree um i think when we talk about album structure this uh, is this is a, this is a f- the first album, I mean, you know, we listen to watching movies with the sound off where it's like, yeah, okay, he could take you on a roller coaster. But I feel like this is the first album and obviously Swimming where I'm like, okay, this guy is a fucking master at putting together an album, keeping the audience's attention uh, right off the bat and never never losing a grip. And we talked about uh, pre-pod and like kind of throughout the week, how, how um, Mac... He's developed this throughout the time, his time, you know, writing and and producing. But I think him being so dedicated into the production aspect really shows uh, in this one, especially when you get to the second song, Dang, which is like a great tempo switch up, uh, great transition and a funky and bouncy beat you know? And, uh, again, like you said, it's more of a sensitive look into Mac and Pat, uh, Anderson Pac's approach to women. Um, and I think pack really complements the song really well. And we haven't really talked about that, uh, how good, uh, Mac Miller is with features necessarily. I think Boggs mentioned it last, last, uh, pod, but I think this song, it, it's a really good combination of them both, uh, with Mac's kind of flow and then the easygoing, uh, delivery of anderson pock
0: yeah and it's kind of funny i just put that together that i just was talking about blank face who anderson pock played a pretty big role in that too yeah uh, anderson pock very underrated man like his voice is very unique you could slide him into any hip-hop album i think it's gonna be great uh but yeah i mean i agree this like as you mentioned congratulations it's, it's a nice like light piano kind of nudges you in a little bit to the, to the sound and the, in the album. And then Dang is, is a major switch up where it's a lot more, yeah, high tempo. And it's, it's more of like a fun listen and it's, it's more produced. I mean, congratulations was just a piano, you know, there was really Mm -hmm. nothing else to it and this is a lot more produced and yeah, it's, it's a nice switch up and, and it's something we've talked about throughout throughout this entire time of doing this pod is like the roller coaster you know the roller coaster of of sound and and every good artist does it every good artist does it in a different way um, but you know the way Mac Miller does it is is different than the way Jay Cole's gonna do it or Sturgill Simpson so it's it's interesting the more we do this you can you can see similarities but differences as well uh, but yeah like like as I mentioned this this is another song about kind of trying to keep hold of what he wants and what he thinks he has, but he may not necessarily have it. I mean, the whole, you know, post-chorus is can't keep losing you. And there's a line about um, losing pe- the only people that know you best, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, like I said, this this first little um, trio of songs, I think you get a similar vibe of of like – he, he knows he can he can like see what he wants, but he just doesn't know how to hold on to it.
1: Yeah. And definitely stay is like a perfect example of that as well. Uh, but what I wanted to mention is, again, the switch up. Uh, I think what Mac does better than. Uh, a lot of the other artists we covered is his instrumentals are so strong, I feel like. And uh, you really get that right off the bat uh, after Dang and then stay with the trumpet, man. You hear that trumpet and you're just like, Oh, wow. Uh, And then, and then something about the full production, like he's able to add subtle things in there that really makes makes the song kind of stick. And it's like, the, the thing that I picked up from this song is like the, will you in the background? And then obviously it's a bump and it continues the, the approach that you were talking about. Uh, and it's kind of like this, uh, here's, here's a note I had on it. It's like, it's like a simp, but it's not because it's Mac Miller. So that's, that's kind of the vibe that I got with that one. <laughs> that's
0: an interesting way to look at it. Um, yeah. I, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't, maybe, maybe Mac Miller simp proof. That is something that maybe we have to, maybe we have to discuss that a little bit further, but yeah, I, I agree with that. And and it's funny I I tried to watch all the music videos for these two albums and I, I just didn't have the time to do it. I I've watched a lot of them in the past already, but this, I watched this one stay and it's funny because we've talked about his music videos. He's, he's so different. I mean, a lot of times he'll do like these really interesting music videos that are kind of, you know, off the wall, maybe a little bit. This one, he was just like on a beach with uh, a little drone following him around like that. He was just singing to the sky on the beach and it it seemed like it was kind of nothing but it almost i think paints a picture for this album and the next where he's kind of just like off on his own doing his thing you know yeah and and that's a theme that he mixes in more to swimming obviously um but you know maybe it had no like maybe there was really no meaning behind it But Mm -hmm. it kind of felt like that to me where he was just kind of like singing to the sky. And like that kind of feels like the Mac Miller experience a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's like it's it's just this true Mac, especially with this song, too. It's like, will you stay? I feel like, you know, he didn't want to get extra with any of it. He just wanted to keep it true. And you saw that in the beginning of the music video. The drone is like on the ground. He's on his phone. He, I feel like he hits play on like uh, Apple Music, puts his phone in his pocket and then starts bumping around. The drone flies up and it's just like Mac just moving, you know, and that that is so true to Mac, honestly. And that that provides a good representation of um of who he is and especially as as you mentioned in these later albums uh but then we get into skin uh which has one of my favorite lines on the whole album where he's like i've been making all these fucking songs and now i'm gonna make a fucking song and it is a (laughs) fucking song man it is a fucking song the transition theme again masterfully done from stay it really 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 is uh you got you know the the women moaning to start it off just to give you the vibe you know what it's going to be and then you got these smooth slow hard hitting drums dude and it feels like fucking sex and again with the the instrumentals the back, background horn is fucking phenomenal um and like at this point mac knows how to carry a theme that that is so obvious that is so obvious and that's the thing that i really got from this album it's like okay It's not even good am like okay, there was a theme necessarily, but it still went a lot of back and forth. But on this this album and swimming, definitely you're like, okay, here's what he's fucking talking about. And he kind of keeps it throughout the whole album. So what do you what do you have about this one here?
0: Yeah, this I think this was a really good representation of what this album was to me we we talk a lot about sex on this podcast because that's like a common theme between a lot of the guys we talk about. The difference is when Schoolboy Q and J. Cole talk about having sex, they're college kids or college-age kids that can do what they want, right? Mm-hmm. That That's what they, their version of sex was that. And obviously, you know, they grew out of that type of music. But this whole album really is like the more romantic side of sex. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about, oh, it's just an, it's a sex song. It's like, it's not a bad thing, which I think in the past, we've kind of said that Mm -hmm. because a lot of those songs didn't really actually have like a meaning. It was just like fucking whoever you want. And, and this, this song, I think is a good representation of the romantic side of sex and like the, the, you know, kind of the real side where, there's there's a lot more to it and i think skin is a really nice song because you know he talks about being comfortable in your own skin right he's Mm -hmm. like here's like here we're just super freaks but you know that's we're fine like that's Mm -hmm. that's who we are and let's be that together and i think it was it kind of set the tone for the rest of the album because you know it's that's like the most dedicated song to sex in the whole album Mm -hmm. but I think it did a good job of kind of setting that tone that it's like, we're going to talk about sex and like, it's okay. Cause this is something that we all do. and something we all need to do, you know, to move forward as humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, let's, let's romanticize it a little bit.
1: Yeah, you're right. You made a good point. And I think he kind of talks about that in the initial song a little bit too with, uh, love, 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 sex. You know, I think he's, in, he's making that comparison. It's like, I'm, he's talking about sex, like not like the, I'm going to fuck your bitch. I can fuck any bitch. I want sex. It's like, I am going to make love to you. I'm going to open those legs and go straight to your heart. And that's what, that was a line in in this song. Uh, And then Cinderella, I mean, wow dude cinderella you know that wasn't one of the first songs that i was like really blown away with but the more i listened to the album as a whole i mean like if there was a puzzle piece that fit perfectly into this album i think it's this one and the Ty dollar feature is um is is phenomenal and you know Ty dollar i don't know if i'm gonna listen to a whole Ty dollar album but whenever i see a feature it, it, he seems to come through he seems to provide uh something that i do want to mention um <laughs> about this song supposedly the only one about ariana grande supposedly however the only reason i mentioned that is because she is a big influence obviously at this point in his career and then as we move forward into swimming we're, we're going to see just how big of an influence she is as well but again with the in- instrumental on this one right right off the back strings a nice swish up from the slower skin um and then build up from the drums uh and then I just love I love the, the line, take my hand follow, or take take your hand, follow me to my room like that. That just rings in my ears every time I listen to this song.
0: You know, I this was actually the song that got me into Mac Miller. Okay. Um, I was I was working at Walmart. Must have been three years ago. And I, I worked with a guy that he really helped get me into different kinds of music. Um, he is just like a music head and I, I was like, I don't want to say I was just a mainstream guy, but I definitely listened to more of like, like I was Drake future young thug. Like that was, that was, that was (laughs) my trio, you know, like that was who I listened to and he kind of helped open my eyes a little bit to different guys. And, you know, as I've talked about already, I didn't really listen to Mac until later in his career. And Swimming was like the first full album I listened to. But this guy was a huge Mac Miller fan. He told me, he's like, you got to listen to this song, Cinderella. It's like, it's like eight minutes, Ty Dolla Sign. Like, it's just a really great song. And it's pretty clearly about Ariana Grande. Although mm-hmm. like, it's not explicitly said, but I listened to it and I'm like, God damn, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's been in my playlist ever since. And I didn't come around to listening to the full album until later on, but I mean that, that, song really grabbed me. And I think that was kind of a good marker for like where Mac was going. And I didn't have the context to see the stuff that he made before that, obviously, but I'm like, if this guy can make music like this, then I'm very interested in him. Yeah. And it's God, I like, I think I've talked about this before, but I love like long songs. If you can make a song that's over six minutes, that's like really good. It's just like a masterpiece. Like Those are my favorite yeah. songs. Yeah. If you can make a song that's that long and, and keep my attention, that's really impressive. And this is eight minutes. Eight mm-hmm. minutes. That mm-hmm. is not a short song at all. The whole album is 50 minutes, if that gives you any context. Um, so this song is – it will probably – always be my favorite song from this album just because of like the symbolism of it that he, this was like the song that really got me into Mac. But I think this song really encapsulates like the whole album. Yeah. Because this album is about the divine feminine. Like this, this song to me showcases what the divine feminine means in all forms. Like the, the sex, the love, like all, all the stuff that's intertwined in like that, divine feminine spirit i think they both mac and ty dolla sign kind of do a really nice job of displaying in this song
1: yeah i i completely agree and within the context of the album i think like i said it's just that perfect puzzle piece because you still got this uptempo kind of vibe going and then you're hit uh with with this guitar solo that kind of splits the song and that's that's what i found um With Mac, especially in these two albums that he really just does so well. Self-care being another example of kind of like splitting a song in two, but keeping it together and making it kind of just go so well, but the guitar solo uh, and then this switch to the slight piano with Mac, a more somber delivery. um, I got, and, and uh, one of the biggest lines, I think that I took from this whole album uh, at least from Mac's kind of perspective is in this. And it's like, I got angels, no Satan. And especially when we look into swimming, man, like, is that not just like flit? Is that not just flit? And that's, and that's why I've been so down that this whole week, because I'm like, my God, man, like Mac had it figured out. Mac had what he wanted. And obviously this girl was a big impact on that. Um, And then he also mentions like when the weather's not rain and it's like, all we've heard from Mac, especially after he's gotten out of the phase, the, the the frat rap kind of phase of his career where he's like, man, like I'm just the best and he's on that grind. It's kind of been, you know, the the downside of Mac up until this point. And now this album and in this moment in the album, you're you're like, man, he's got it. He's got angels, not Satan. And then I, we're going to talk about swimming more. But obviously that um, that kind of flips. Uh, And then we got Planet Goddamn, which brings the tempo back up after the probably two to three minute or two minute kind of slower part of the song. Um, And it is a different kind of kind of look into the into a girl. Right. Compared to the first half of the album, it's a different kind of perspective uh, coming from Mac. So what do you have about this one, Hughes?
0: Yeah, I thought this this one grabbed me right away because um, the first line, yeah, I think I'm stuck inside nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't do it to him, Mac. Don't mm-hmm. do it to him, because I think that's a that's a a familiar feeling for a lot of us men that happen to have uh, active brains,
2: mm-hmm.
0: where you, where you start to you start to think back to, you know, some of those older times when something may have felt right, you know, and you kind of keep trying to hold on to that. And again, I think that was something that he portrayed in this whole album. But yeah I mean it's it's kind of more about holding on to uh, to something that he wants and that he thought he had and and not necessarily being able to hold grasp of it
1: and then we get into soulmate which the goodwill hunting, um, intro man like my lord and this obviously the first time i heard it it like took me for grabs because the first line it says my name i'm like oh shit i'm like what's (laughs) going on here i'm like what's going on here is this the universe is this like am i being spoken to directly by the universe but again mac has we saw this in like um faces but he has obviously and he loves movies right and he loves kind of introducing that part of himself into his album and this just sets up the song so well do you feel like you're alone will do you have a soulmate someone that challenges you and then you kind of get this drop uh with with the drums and and the bass and he's like yeah are you my soulmate and i'm like damn just another another look into into max kind of perspective about uh the divine feminine you know the, the questioning it's like you know it's like are you my soulmate is this the one that I'm supposed to be with. And that's just kind of classic No matter the topic.
0: Yeah, this, this one uh, was interesting for me because I love Goodwill hunting. And that was a really nice placement, um, I think. And we're just reading through the lines. I'm like, like, that's Robin Williams in that movie does such a great job of like, Almost portraying like the divine feminine, like the, the way he talks about his dead wife, you know, like like Will, Will asks him, "Are you going to get remarried?" And he says, "My wife's dead." Mm-hmm. Like he he had his soulmate; she's gone, and there's nothing else that will replace that. Like I I almost want to go back and watch that movie again. Absolutely, because, absolutely. Because God, it, there's a lot of great lessons inside that movie, and that's why it's stuck around to this day. As as a lot of people's favorite movies are one of them. Um, but yeah, I think to me, this song is like the representation of divine love. You know, this, this is what it is. He, mm-hmm. he talks a lot about obviously the negatives from his point of view and some of the mistakes he's made, but this, this one to me is like the perfect kind of a showcase of, of divine love and like what it is and, and what it can feel like. And obviously it's something that, you can tell he's chasing um, and it's something that it's like really looking at this album <clears throat> as a whole. It's like I think he feels like this is what's going to save him. Mm-hmm. And that's why going into swimming is so tragic. But this album as a whole and, and Cinderella, too, I think you, you start to see like almost the the rays of sunshine kind of finally breaking through the treetops, you know? Absolutely. It's like, it, it feels so dark for so long. And it's like, finally, like I can see lights. Yeah. There's finally light shining down on me. And this album as a whole, really, it really just kind of gives you that good feeling of hope.
1: Yeah. And it's the production, but I also feel like it's Max Energy with his delivery, which uh, in Swimming kind of we just keep bringing it up but it's it's such a, two good albums just to kind of go back and forth with because it's such a different Mac and it's interesting because the production is kind of similar but his energy on the delivery and in the lyrics I just don't, don't feel like it's completely there uh in, in the later half of this podcast of what we're going to talk about but you're right in this song it's like Mac knows Mac talks about what he's been looking for the whole time what he wants what he wants and then it's like he kind of has it and he's like questioning it. it's like why do you do this why why do you make them why like why why do you love me so much it's almost like he's like questioning and that's why i think that the the theme and the robin williams intro kind of fits so well too because it's like do you have someone that challenges you do you have someone that uh you know is going to stay there if you thick and thin and you know it, it seems like up until this point mac kind of does and so um moving on to the next song we got we um and we got CeeLo Green, which that's always a de- decent vibe, kind of like a Anderson Park, Just a good soulful, soulful addition to the album, which I think Ty Dollar adds pretty well as well. But it's like the you do kind of get this R&B soulful aspect to Mac Miller throughout this whole album. And I think We is a pretty good example of that.
0: Dude, I love CeeLo Green. I <laughs> fucking love him. <laughs> he he is, like, one of my favorite voices ever. I mean, he can do any kind of song. Like, this yeah. song is... This is a more low-key song where, like, he's, you know, kind of just sticking to the, to the sound and, and being more low-key. But that dude has some pipes, man. Like, yeah, that does. dude can get up there. And, like, he's, he's one of my favorites. And, I mean, he got pretty big, but I almost wish he got bigger because I don't feel like he was properly rewarded for uh, his talent. But mm-hmm. he... He was great on this song. And, and this is another song that I just constantly bump. It's been on the playlist for years. It's just a, a really nice, like, vibe. You know, it, it's... Mm-hmm. I mean, early on, it's just kind of, you know, you could be my... Ooh. Like, mm-hmm. it, just, it just feels really good to listen to. It could be my... It is just like a vibe, isn't it? It's just like a bump, too. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I, I think this... The, the, the second verse I was reading through last night, you know, as, as I do with my listen throughs, I'll read through the lyrics at the same time. And I'm like, gosh, man, he says, you know, uh, yeah, okay, and time will tell if I'm alive and well. Because when I'm by myself, I find that I keep flying high. Sometimes I must remind myself that change is more than pennies laying on the floor inside the well. I'm like, oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is where he's talking about. What 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 is he like when he's alone? And that's kind of like a theme in swimming. Uh, so it's it's a, a good you know semi transition point into swimming, where he's he's talking about you know when he's when he's by himself like he's getting high and he knows he has to change but like he he has to actually take that action mm-hmm. and just that that little section I'm like oh here we go. Because I, I was going to put Swimming on a couple, you know, we just got a couple songs left. I'm like, here we go. Like, buckle in. because mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think this is kind of where we start to see the point where he's starting to almost hint at, like, what's coming next.
1: Yeah but still like i feel like the vibe is still like kind of up you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's it's kind of like a, a subtle like i'm still kind of struggling but and the end of the song i love the end where seedo is like you got to deal with mac miller bitch and it's <laughs> like that i feel like that kind of encapsulates the vibe of the album this one specifically because it's like max max kind of feeling better than he has in a while i it feel it seems like and uh then you get into my favorite part with Ariana grande super important song on this album obviously obviously because i think most of the album might be directed a little bit towards her uh but just another bounce and like this i kind of want to describe this as a radio song but it it, it fits kind of it is to an extent but max delivery in this is just really really kind of groovy you know and that it, it kind of sticks with the r&b kind of theme and uh you know, with Ariana, it just kind of brings the album together a bit. What'd you say?
0: Yeah. And I'm actually looking, cause I just realized there's a bass in this. And I was wondering if that was Thundercat cause Thundercat plays a big role in swimming. Um, yeah. I I don't see if he was or not, but you know, it, it's definitely like a different sounding song from, I think the rest of the album. And as you kind of mentioned earlier, there's uh, some swings in production. Like there's, he tries a lot of different sounds out and they all sound great. Um, Which is something we talked about earlier in his career. He would kind of, I think, strike out on maybe some sound things. Um, Mm -hmm. But right now he's really fine tuned the sound and he's really figured out like he can, he can go for just like a normal, you know, rap beat or he can go for something more melodic, kind of more um, instrument based. And he, he's figured out how to make it all work. Mm-hmm. So I think this this album is a good example um, as a whole of where he is sonically that he's really made a lot of leaps. Yeah, and he's comfortable like, doing it. Yeah, exactly. And and this is another one where I think watching the videos gives you some extra context. He has I don't know where this performance was, but he has this video on his YouTube channel of him and him and Ariana performing together and it almost breaks your heart watching it because you can just tell like the connection they had when they're on stage together yeah just just the way they look at each other it's like god it like gives you so much hope for yourself but then you realize like that they had it and it's gone it's like oh my gosh like i can't believe that they had that and they lost it you know and yeah. i mean this this is like just a beautiful song though about you know kind of the how clueless she is to like how beautiful she is and like what, what she means to him. It's like, she doesn't even know, Mm -hmm. but like she changed his whole life. And I think, again, I think that feeds perfectly into the theme of this album.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's like the duet. I mean, they they did my way or I love the way you make me feel a little bit, but this is kind of like that they're together. This is their duet. And you're right. There's obviously a connection there. And it kind of takes me to uh, one of the lines, I think, in the first song on swimming, and it's like or one of the, one of the songs where it's like, whether it's never or forever, it's all the same. And that just, again, this album put in context with his whole career, knowing, knowing the situation just really, really seems like a high note really does. And it makes it kind of the rest of it all a little sad, like truly sad. And that's why I think I got down bad. Cause I am I haven't listened to swimming yet, but we still got one more song, got a Kendrick Lamar feature. We got a Kendrick Lamar feature and we talked about the connection uh between kind of like the schoolboy TDE vibes, and this is uh this is a vibe too. It 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 it's still got that R&B kind of funk to it. Um, and Kendrick just adds adds a, a perfect kind of little stamp to the end of the album.
0: Yeah, I like this one a lot too. And <clears throat> the first time you listen to it, it's like, what the hell? Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Where does Kendrick Lamar fit in a love album? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it, it was uh, it's it's interesting, but like, I think it works well. Mm-hmm. I think his his voice really fits in nicely. And I just kind of like the idea of this song that it's like God is fair, like whatever we do in that bedroom, like he gets it. Yeah, you know, that, that's kind of <laughs> what I took away that it's like <clears throat> he'll understand, like we're not necessarily following his ways, but he gets it. That, that's kind of what I like from this album. And again, it's, it's a different, um, a different sound. Like there's really not a ton of consistency in sound. I think it, it bounces around a lot, but it doesn't feel like it's overwhelming. I, I yeah. think it, it all, it all meshes together perfectly.
1: Yeah. And then the outro of the album as a whole, again, just another example of how Mac is able to just make the theme just kind of you know, explode, and so the outro is Mac's grandmother kind of talking about his love affair, her love affair with his husband, her his grandfather, and it's like, man, you know, that's what this album's all about. Uh, and uh, another thing I, I do want to kind of mention is I saw an interview with uh, Mac Miller talking about this album, and he's like, yeah, it's about the divine feminine, of course, but it's also about like his relationship with the universe and that's a really good look into how max feeling at this point in his career. And I think it's a really interesting kind of comparison to make because it's like, he's treating, he he mentioned, he was like attempting to treat the universe like he would this, this girl that he's in love with. And obviously at this point, it's kind of like paying off for him. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I love this outro as well. Like I, I think I probably skipped over it in past times because it's like, whatever, I don't have time for this. (laughs) Some old lady rambling, but it's, it's really nice when you just sit and listen to it and you got like a nice piano in the background. It's just really soothing. And it's like, again, it's one of those moments that kind of gives you hope where it's like, you know, she, the way that she talks about this guy and like how, everyone respected him and how like it was, he was really admired and, and that's what really drew her to him. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, I thought it was beautiful to listen to honestly. And, you know, as a society, um, I feel like old people in general, we don't really appreciate enough because like, these are people that have done it right. Like they figured it out. All, all the answers that we want, they have for the most part. And I, I feel like a lot of, especially in America, I think older people in other um, cultures are more appreciated, but in America, yeah. we kind of just like with, we'll throw them on Medicare and, and they can sit in their house the yeah. rest of their life. You know, yeah. it kind of feels like that's how a lot of old people are treated. Um, so it's kind of nice like to hear this story. Cause there's so many people that have stories like this that can really make you feel like a good, give you a good feeling. Um, yeah. And it, it's kind of too bad that we don't hear that as much as we do, but you know, it was nice for Mac to give his, his grandma uh, a little, a little a few minutes on the spotlight. Yeah. And it's a
1: perfect bow tie to the album. I think it really, it's not just one of those things where he kind of threw threw it in there, but it fits, it fits the album as a whole really well. And so <laughs> Uh, Before we move on to swimming, I just wanted to ask you your last kind of thoughts to Divine Feminine, especially in, in the context
0: of moving on to his next album. I mean, it was just it was just really, really good. It was, as I mentioned to you earlier this week, it's an interesting album because literally every album he has made, has been like an hour, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And this was a 10 song, 50 minute album mm-hmm. where you just fly through it. I mean, I, I sat down in my car to go play golf and it was like over. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like I, I was, it just, you fly through it. And it's, it, it's, it, it, really hits though. It's like a shorter album, but it really hits. And as you mentioned, it really paints a picture of more hope and, this being his best place in life. Yeah. It's like after years of battling things and making music about those things, we finally see a consistent theme of, of love and happiness. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really nice addition to his discography, which early on was just like all fun and games, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he had that little low point where the music was so good but it was heartbreaking at the same time. yeah. And Divine Feminine, I think, was the perfect mix of everything where you can tell that he's awesome as a musician at this point and also that he's happy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then moving on to the next album, as I've already mentioned, it's just like the flip of a coin, dude. And obviously we have to mention uh, The Breakup of Ariana and Mac in between this these two times. And so the world was kind of like looking at Mac at this point, I think. And they're like, okay, what, how's he going to deal with it? How's he going to, um, How's he gonna? How's he gonna handle it? How's he gonna? What's he gonna do and put, put out this, this swimming record? Which, I mean, we talk about we talked about in the past, uh, like album art, and I think Divine Feminine was a really good example of that. That gave the, gave the vibe for the album, and then you look at the swimming album cover, and I mean that is just heartbreaking in, in itself. And so, um, right off the bat, though, come back to Earth. It's just a completely different completely different Mac than, than the divine feminine, um, instantly back the sad signs, sad sign. And, uh, and he's talking about he's back in his head, you know, he's, he's right back in his head, which is from my experience, a horrible fucking place to be. Uh, at least most of the time, if you spend a greater part of your life in there, then it's never probably going to be good. But then just the theme of, of, of his lyrics, all the things I would do to spend a little time in hell, like, <laughs> Damn, Mac! Like it's just such it's such a dualistic kind of album to Divine Feminine. So, what do you think about this intro and especially the, the the first part of this album?
0: Yeah, this I think this intro is the perfect picture painting of what the album's about. It's yeah. it's his tug and pull, yeah. his tug and pull of wanting to be high and forget about everything and wanting to just be happy without any sort of drugs. And, you know, right off the bat, obviously, you know, I just need a way out of my head. And that's something that, you know, he talks about all throughout the album is is wanting to just get out of his head. He's thinking too much. He needs to get high. And you're yeah. talking about the you're talking about the album art. I mean, the album art is is I guess he's like inside um it looks like he's in the aisle of a plane or something like just sitting on the floor and you could look at it that way but i was also wondering is like maybe this is like some sort of elevator that he's on when he's high you know like he's sitting up in the elevator he because the whole album he talks about being you know above the clouds on top of the clouds and all that And this is kind of what I've got from that. And he like looks defeated at the same time where he's just kind of sitting at the bottom, his feet are dirty, you know, like he, he feels defeated and it's, I think it's a great way um, to paint the picture of the album. But yeah, this, this whole intro is great. I mean, sunshine don't feel right when you're inside all day. I wish it was nice out, but it looked like rain. Like, it's just, I think it gives you a great, look into what is going on inside his head absolutely agree and i think as we move throughout the rest of this album although the
1: production might not necessarily be there his, his his lyrical side I feel like is the most important on this album because I feel like when he was producing this album he was like okay this is how I want to feel this is how I need to portray myself out to the world this is how I need to be uh, even though but he just couldn't follow through with the lyrics and not I'm not saying that he couldn't follow through in a in in a way that made it sound good but he couldn't follow through with his own kind of vibe that he was trying to portray and I think hurt feelings the next song is 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 a perfect example of that because the production, you get the classic pickup, you know, he's, he's taking on the roller coaster. It's going up. It's a little bit more, more tempo, but, but something with Mac and his, his delivery and his, and his lyrics, I just, I don't feel like matches the production. And again, it sounds good, but the, the energy that he's giving off from his lyrics and the energy that I feel like he wants to give off in the production are, are, are just not there, and that kind of shows that
0: back and forth, I think, that Mac is going through. Yeah, exactly. I think this this album, you see it a lot, where he wants to make a song sound good, and he does a great job of it, but the lyrics change, kind of change how you see it. I mean... Yeah. You know, I was reading through the lyrics, which we'll get to. um, But what's the use in 2009 were really the two kind of singles from this album that got big and he performed a lot. And those those are kind of more upbeat songs that sound good. But when you really look at the lyrics, it's like, damn, like he was saying some stuff that I never caught before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think Hurt feelings is another good example where it's it's a really kind of like fun song to listen to. Like I always talk about songs you throw on in your car. And this is a good one where you kind of can just vibe to it. But I mean, he's basically spending this whole song talking about his success, but he's talking about how he doesn't like it basically. Like the success, the success is too much. And, you know, there was one line he said, always said, I want it all, but it ain't enough. Mm -hmm. And it's like. that, where he got everything he wanted and he's still not happy.
1: Yeah, and I think another kind of initial initial idea that he puts into this song that kind of is there throughout the whole album is the fact that he's like on a different level and he's like in a different world or the, the small world kind of theme, but it's almost like he's creating a separation between him and the audience and or whoever he's trying to like, I'm that guy. But it's almost as if like, it's a lonely kind of thing. It's not like this, I'm the best day ever i'm not this i'm i'm better than you right it's not this i'm this mac miller i'm the best i feel great about it it's almost like uh, he's trying to give that same vibe but he it feels like a lonely place in his head almost and so what's what's the use another example i think of a bouncy kind of song that he's just trying to match the energy of the production but can't really do it um it is I think this one is kind of one of the higher points tempo wise and kind of vibe wise on this album but still it's not it's I I always, I always like to compare it to the old Mac that we hear like the initial original best day ever um Mac and and Kids Mac and I just feel like it's it's not the same it's it's a lonely place in his head and obviously that's a theme, theme throughout this album but I think on this song as well.
0: Yeah and this song I think you get a good idea of kind of how he views his relationship with, with drugs and alcohol. I mean, he really kind of just spells it out, you know, yeah. like right off the bat, you can love it. You can leave it. They say you nothing without it. Um, don't let them keep you down. Like he's, he's talking about, you know, drugs right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he, at the end of that intro, he says, get a little sentimental when I'm off the juice. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of picture him like, You know, sitting alone in his his apartment or wherever his house, just thinking about, you know, whether it's Ariana or something else, it's like he keeps getting brought back to these bad places because of his uses with drugs. Mm -hmm. And again, this is another song where he talks about going to space, you know, on drug, which is a drug reference as well, getting high. Mm -hmm. And you know, again, it's it's it. the, The tempo sounds great. It's it's a really really fun song to listen to, but listen digging through these lyrics, it like it just gives you a completely different perspective of of what the song is, and like every time I listen to this song now, I I feel like I'm gonna have a different kind of mindset when I'm listening to it. Yeah, and he
1: continues um, he continues the kind of com- the commenting on uh, his drugs drug use and his relationships, and the next song only in a more somber uh somber kind of look at it and i think that this is a perfect example of uh the inner battle that's going on with mac whether it's on the surface i look so fine kind of that line or when then he says really i'm bugging bugging making something out of nothing um and then another line that that hits is in like the is in the chorus or um the pre-chorus where it's like, it ain't perfect, but I don't mind because it's, it's worth it. And I feel like that's Mac trying to knows what he wants to feel like. And he's trying to feel like, but still he's got these ad libs that it's like, is it, is it, is it, is it actually, you know? And I think that that's a good example of this inner battle that's going on in his head.
0: Yeah. And, in, in this song, <laughs> you get both sides to that battle because the pre-chorus the first one, I'm treading water. I swear that if I drown, I don't care. Which you can either think of that as if he drowns in the drugs or if he drowns in sobriety. It's like he – you can. I think you can take it both ways. I've, I've looked at it from both angles, and I think both of them look sense – or make sense. But then the second pre-course, he says, I'm treading water. I know if I stop moving, I'll float. So you kind of get both where, again, it's kind of that – conversation with himself where he's trying to figure out what's the best thing like should he just give in to all these demons or whatever and just wash away or should he just like stop moving just chill out and like he'll be fine and i think this song does a good job of again kind of hammering down that theme in this album where he's just conversing with himself like trying to figure out what's the best best path forward yeah, and you're absolutely right. We haven't
1: really talked about the the swimming necessarily theme uh, so far yet, but this is a real good example of... It's like the question he's asking himself is, uh, if I stop swimming, because I feel like what he's th- thinking right now is he's swimming. If I stop swimming, am I going to drown or am I going to float? And I think that that's kind of like the bottom line of what what his his mindset is, at least up until this point in the album. Yeah, but then... It takes us into an absolute masterpiece and self-care. You you guys all know the song. It's one of those songs where it's like you've heard it a lot, but still every single time it gets better. And it, I kind of feel like it's this point in the album where it's finally back to the Mac that we kind of know, or the one of the best glimpses of the Mac that we kind of know so well, where I feel like the production obviously is insane, uh, and the energy also is there within the lyrics and within his delivery. Um, and then we've already kind of talked about the, the the drop in the second half. But man, does that just the, does that just fit so well? The bass just fucking rocks you in the brain and you're like, oh, oblivion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I mean, it's such a genuine, genuine Mac song. And I think it's one of his best. So what's your what's your take on self-care is? <laughs>
0: Yeah. And before diving in, I want to, this is a music video. I want to talk about this is one that I actually just recently watched for the first time. This, again, this, this is a good example of max unique music videos. He's, he's inside a coffin buried under dirt makes it seem like it's in the ground. Um, He's just lights up a cigarette, Mm -hmm. you know, like he's just kind of chilling. He's buried alive, just kind of chilling. And then he gets a knife out and he starts carving something in to the to the coffin and you can't really see what it is until he the kind of the camera angle changes and it's Memento Mori, which I'll get into what that is. But then he starts he starts as soon as it shows the Memento Mori, he starts punching it and breaks out of the the coffin. But Memento Mori is a I think it's a Latin saying uh, basically that means remember that you will die. And it's something that is not really discussed in modern culture, I think, or at least in American culture. We don't talk about death Mm -hmm. and death. Death is a part of life and it's something that is going to happen to all of us. And I think the more you can confront death, like the happier you'll be, honestly, because death – The idea of death is scary, right? Like that we're here now, and we will be gone at some point. That, like that, simple fact is scary. But when you when you become comfortable with that, and just realize it's going to happen to everyone and everything on Earth at some point, you know, I think your relationship with life changes. That's kind of what I personally have realized, and um, I know a lot of people said similar things, but there's been a lot of old cultures that have had memento mori type of things. Like if you look back to a lot of the like native American tribes and a lot of the older cultures on earth going back hundreds and thousands of years, there's been a lot of like, we found cave drawings with skulls on them in the past. Like this is something that basically every culture has realized like death is a part of life. We need to honor it basically. Mm -hmm. um and like dia de los muertos is i think um, i think it's a mexican holiday where it's day of the dead you know you honor the dead And, and like it's something that basically every society except us has had and it's interesting because this point mac has talked about death a lot but he is kind of recognized you know that death may be coming for him or he's at least he's at least accepted that you know death is a part of life and he's comfortable with that and this song is kind of i think it was a great song to put that in the music video the memento more because i think this song is a perfect um kind of example and you know i don't want to skip over the first half too much but oblivion is definitely the part where i think most of the takeaways for me come from even though it's a the shorter part of the song um but you know he's he talks about getting stuck in oblivion and that's, I think that's just another way of saying how he's high all the time. Right. And oblivion is this place where he gets high and it's beautiful. He doesn't have to deal with any problems. And I think this song may be the best one um, as far as like encapsulating the meaning to this whole album where he is having this conversation with himself where he, again, he knows what he needs to do. Like, he knows that what he's doing isn't necessarily good for his life here on Earth. But at the same time, like, he's just, he's almost ready to move on. And I think this is, like, the first song in this album where you really get to see, like, wow, like, maybe he just wants to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely get that vibe as well. And I think in the, in the final part of the album, you get a, a couple ties to uh, whether it's Ariana or whether it's it's or the final part of the song, whether it's Ariana or whether it's this it's this girl, it's this idea. It's he's like one of the lines that hits me is just just come back to my crib and play some forty fives. Uh, it's there's still a war outside it's safer inside essentially something like that and it's like he he's kind of calling for that back that that feeling back that he attached it to his relationship or whatever it may be but um definitely definitely one of the best songs on the album and i think um that's a good take on take on it as well as the the music video is really important uh, to kind of contextualize it. And uh, you, you talked about Memento Mori and the only thing that I could pop up, uh, the only thing that really popped up in my mind in American culture that could relate to it is Valor Morghulis, which if you're a Game of Thrones guy, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, it means all men must die. And so that's that's kind of like the, the, the most recent kind of Memento Mori uh, adjacent kind of thing that I've seen in American culture. Uh, but another part in that, in the Game of Thrones is, it's like, what do we say to death? And we say not today, but it's almost kind of like the flip side when you, when you look at the song in Mac Miller. And so, um, moving on to ladders, uh, you kind of get, a, you gotta get, get another bounce. You get a little bit more of a bounce, um, especially after this kind of darker kind of turn and the end of self-care, which, which hits, well, Um, but it it still feels like Max obviously like climbing, right? Somehow you got to find a way is one of the lines that he, um, he mentions, but I kind of get this feeling. It's like, this is, this is where in the, in the album where I'm like, okay, Mac produced a song again about how he wanted to feel and how, how he wanted to be, but the the lyrical side, it's just not there. He's just not able to kind of convey it. Um, feels so good right now, but it all comes calling down falling down as another example of a line where I kind of get that vibe from it. And so what was your take on uh, that Hughes, But also before, because we have small worlds next, I still I still feel like this theme of Mac trying to like separate himself is there, but he's trying to it's a lonely place where he's at, right? And I think that this that theme carries on, especially in this kind of part of the album
0: yeah and i i actually think that the two songs um wings right before this and then ladders are the perfect back-to-back because it almost makes you think that like he's like wings is obviously you know another drug song where he's talking about flying high and it's almost like the ladder is like there when he when he needs to come down it's like he can't fly down off He's he's got to get to that ladder, and yeah, it's it's you know the come down, um, which is another kind of interesting, um, different kind of part of of this. Where he instead of you know talking about being high all the time, he should also talk about coming down. And of course, he doesn't necessarily paint the best picture for it, which I think shows where he was at, where he just he didn't think that you know sobriety was necessarily uh the best way forward for him unfortunately mm-hmm. where you know coming coming down from the high like you can see he starts to see all those negatives again where when he's high he's just got this clouded vision um but he's still it's like he still wants to make it work mm-hmm. you know talking about somehow we got to find a way no matter how many miles it takes um I know it feels so good right now, but it all comes crash or it all comes falling down. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like he knows that, that, you know, living in oblivion is not going to last forever. He knows that it's a temporary thing that when the sun rises, it's gone. And it's just another really nice showcase of what he's thinking, where it's like, he wants, he wants to do it, but he just can't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like a theme like I've mentioned throughout the whole album, but a line, uh, a line that I really want to mention in Wings in comparison to the Divine Feminine is, um, well, first off, love so much that my heart got broke. I mean, that's obvious. That's obvious. Like kind of look, look back at the Divine Feminine, but also he says, Lucifer is human. And so are we. Whereas last time, last album, he was talking about like, no more, I got angels, no more Satan. And now it's, it's kind of feel like Lucifer or Satan has kind of come back into his life. Uh but then small worlds Hughes. Small worlds um you know, another kind of somber song where I feel like Max, it's good and it sounds good, but the energy coming from Mac just it isn't there. And like in the Tiny Desk concert, I think that's one of the ones he played. And you're like, man, like this guy, I feel like he's just got nothing left almost, you know, and in uh, the lyrics, um, you know, it's like nobody knows me again. Uh, this, this separation from himself and the world is just getting bigger and bigger as the world seems to be getting smaller for him, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I I think he titled this one perfectly, you know, he's, he's trying to make it known that like the more famous he gets, it's like the idea of, Oh, small world, you know, you ran into someone, you know, out in public or whatever. And as you get more and more famous, it's like, wow it's a tiny freaking world. I run into people I know all the time, but at the same time, he doesn't really feel that connection. Like a lot of these people are probably, they probably want something out of him. And that's something that he's talked about a lot, which is obviously not a new idea among celebrities. They, they, the more famous you get the more friends you get kind of thing where all of a sudden Mm -hmm. all these people, Hey, remember I'm your third cousin. I haven't talked to you in 20 years. And yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's, that's interesting that you're famous now. I I guess uh, maybe you can cut me a check. Yeah. I was about to say, you got an extra grand, you got an extra (laughs) grand. I'm a little down on my luck right now. I could use a little bit of, a little bit of cash. (laughs) There's, there's a lot of that. And he's never gotten actually specific about anything. I mean, I'm thinking of Kanye who talks about his cousin stealing his laptop to sell it back to him. You know, like there's some artists that go, they literally will call the person out like, or they will at least talk about the story. And Mac never really did that. Like he never really got too specific about friends or family members wanting stuff, but you know, they did. It's just, it's just what comes with money and fame. It's sadly one of the, major downfalls of of the human is that we're greedy we're selfish and any way we can get what we need we'll go for it and a lot of times we justify doing it even if it's obviously not the right thing to do and I've talked in the past about how we don't look at celebrities as our fellow humans a lot we look at them as some sort of god that has overcome being human and they're untouchable. And I think that's why a lot of people try to drag them down. (laughs) I mean, me and me, Alex Burr and J.D. Hall just did a podcast on cancel culture recently, which kind of goes into that, too, where, you know, people people will take any opportunity they can to bring someone that's achieved something down. Um, And I imagine a lot of celebrities face that, too, where they find people and and these people will just claw at them and get every ounce of blood out of them. They can, um, Mm -hmm. as long as it benefits them. So I think that that's kind of what he was trying to get at in the song. Um, and it was an important, I think, piece of this album too, where, you know, as you mentioned, he's, he's trying to separate his career from who he used to be and also just other people in general that aren't him that maybe wanted to be him and and tried and failed, but at the same time, he's like, it's, it's not what it's all made up to be, you know, it's not necessarily worth it. Um, and I think the outro for this one is really interesting though. It's, it's kind of him just like talking over like kind of a, like almost a moody, like, I don't know what the word is, but it's just kind of like a dark little beat. Um, talking about you know feeling his fingers slipping and like he's he gets it wrong all the time and there there was the end of it I really connected with when I first heard it win or lose win or lose I don't keep count nobody checking Mm -hmm. and I thought I thought that was it's funny because it's hard to relate to someone like him a lot as far as success or whatever winning and losing but we all can relate to that where we think we think people care what we do and don't do and really, it's not like that at all. The, the more that you stop caring, I think the more you realize that that no one's checking on your wins and losses. And mm-hmm. I think that was a realization he had, and that's why he included it, that he was kind of trying to monitor maybe how people saw him. Yeah. And after a while, he figured it's it's worthless. Like, it's, it's not worth the mental space. Yeah, that kind of takes me back to like uh...
1: – Uh, a kanye quote where it's like a big thing on tiktok or instagram right now where people like will uh, go over the voice and it's kanye saying everybody wants to know what i'd do if i didn't win (laughs) and he's like i guess we'll never find out you know but that's like (laughs) the opposite of what mac is like mac is portraying it's like man no one gives a fuck and kanye obviously on the other end of the spectrum is like I, I never lost, <laughs> never <laughs> lost. But I think he, he, he continues that kind of um, aspect uh, in the next song, Conversation Part One. But I think this is also, as you mentioned, uh, in, in the divine feminine a- a part of it, this is also one where you can look at as like a conversation almost to himself as well. And so uh, I think that this is a really good point in the album. Um, and I think this is a really revealing point in the album as well
0: yeah this one to me was a really strong song lyrically and, and kind of theme wise because it's called conversations which we've been talking this whole album that it's basically a conversation between himself but he make he he makes it seem like a conversation between himself and also not a conversation between himself at the same time which i think kind of just you know is part of his genius but you know he he's talking. It, he it really makes it seem like he's talking to people that want to be successful and like kind of shitting on them. But mm-hmm. the more you you know, the more you read, it's like he talks about like all you sit around the house getting faded. That ain't entertainment. You missing every single shot you taken, and it's like it seems like he's just talking to some idiot high school kid that says he wants to be a rapper and is smoking weed all the time. <laughs> but it also makes it seem like he's talking to himself where he's like, all this time I'm sitting around wasting, getting high. I could be doing things like Mm -hmm. positive in the world. And like, I've, I've done a lot. I've achieved a lot, but there's more I could be doing. And I'm sitting around wasting my time doing, you know, stupid stuff that is not really entertainment. It's just, it's just getting high. And like that's something that he's talked about throughout this album. And I think in later songs, we'll get to it more where he's his entertainment is basically getting high because he can get out of out of reality yeah he gets to this alternate reality where he's high and he's you know tripping on whatever and he's thinking about crazy stuff in his head but that's that's a fake that's a fake world and again another another point of self-awareness where he realizes that this is not entertainment, but he still can't help himself from doing it.
1: Yeah. It's like he's gotten dug a dug a hole so deep that it's 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 his life right now, you know? And so that gets us into Dunno, which is one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, honestly. But this seems to be like one of the first like direct songs about the breakup, about uh, his life with Ariana Grande to an extent, talking about um, you know, just talking about the times with her, wouldn't you rather get along until there's no longer, let's get lost inside the cloud. It's like she, he's trying to, although Ariana was like trying to break him out of his habits, which is why we saw, I think, so much of a more up-tempo look at his life in Divine Feminine. It's like he's kind of succumbed to a bunch of these habits now, and he wants her back. And he's like, why don't you
0: just come get high, come get in this cloud with me. Yeah, it's like he almost feels like, the only way he can connect to her like on a true hundred percent level is like when they're high together. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's kind of like sad, a sad way to look at it where it's like, he wants to show her almost how he feels or something. And he's trying to talk her into, you know, getting high with him and and live inside this cloud. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, gosh, it like, I think it's a great song again to showcase the theme and where he's at, where He it's like he can't give up getting high, even though he knows that Ariana is what could really save him. It's like he's he's it's again, it's that tug and pull where he really wants that light like he wants to reach for that light. But the clouds is like where he's more comfortable at. Yeah, And it's like it's almost like he's scared to take that leap, even though he knows that it's what he needs to do. And the path he's on right now um, is going to take him to the place, obviously, it ended up taking him.
1: Yeah, and you definitely get that in the next one with Jet Fuel, which is all about kind of his relationship with drugs. And, you know, I think that this is where, although 2009 is a bit different, but this is where you kind of start going down the descending staircase
0: almost, you know, of where he where eventually, you know, ends up. Yeah. And first of all, from a Sonic standpoint, this song is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. it, it sounds so good. It's one of my favorite songs on this album for sure. But yeah, I mean, again, his, his titling is great on this album. Mm-hmm. Jet fuel is again, a drug reference where he's high and he'll never run out of jet fuel because he's rich and he has un, unlimited yeah. access to drugs.
2: Yeah.
0: And gosh there was a song earlier um i forget which one it was but he was talking about that same thing where you know he's he's got he's got his medicine he's got an endless supply of medicine and and he's good and again it's just gosh it's like it listening to it after he passed away from all this is just crazy i mean because you just, as you mentioned, like the descending staircase, you see where he's going. Yeah. And this point especially, it's like, it's almost like there's no hope. Yeah. You feel like he's yeah. he's never going to run out of jet fuel. He's basically admitting that, like, he's not strong enough to withstand participating in, you know, taking drugs because he's got unlimited supply, and as soon as he feels down, he's gonna go to that supply, mm-hmm. and and there's just it's almost like he's given in where there's just there's nothing he can do because it's just it's too hard not to you know give into that. Yeah, and then
1: you got two thousand nine, which is kind of like a, a look back into his own life to an extent, right? And a, a line that really stands out to me is. Um, yeah, I know what's behind that door. And it's like, I feel like he's trying to make you, he's trying to make the audience think like it's, it's a decent thing, but you know, as, as we've seen put in context of the whole album, it's like he knows what's behind that door and it hasn't been good for him almost.
0: Yeah. And I think the second verse in this one for me is really interesting. So, He says, they asked me what I'm smiling for. Well, because I've never been this high before. I've never felt this alive before. I'd rather have me peace of mind than war. And I think that's one where you can almost look at it from both angles, where you can look at it from a sobriety standpoint and say, he's never been this high before. Like he's high on life and that's what's got him smiling. And, you know, he's, he's at peace and like, he doesn't want to have to battle all these demons all the time and he's happy. But then you could also look at it from the other side where he's high. And it's like, I've never been this high before. Like this is what puts me at peace and sobriety. I'm at war. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's another one. And Mac has talked about this. Um, He did a couple interviews right before he passed away about this, where, you know, he talks about how he's not going to really paint the picture for you specifically to show what what this is about. He's he leaves a lot up to interpretation. And this is one moment where it's like it could be both where you you get that tug and pull where it's like either he has found sobriety and he's happy um or he realizes that he's just way happier when he's high. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: it kind of gives you both where it's something that you have to figure out on your own, but either way, obviously the way it turned out it, it's depressing because Either he, you know, found sobriety and just that one time was enough to take him out or he just, again, going off of Jet Fuel, he just gave in and he realized, I'm going to be happy doing this. And if it takes me, it takes me.
1: And then we get to the final song. And cues, man, like you want to talk about fucking chills, dude. It's disgusting. It really is disgusting how kind of weird that this kind of piece fits into his life, right? And the, the Kurt Vonnegut reference, Slaughterhouse-Five, So It Goes, every time someone dies, it's So It Goes. And then I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if you saw it on Genius, but the song So It Goes was featured in his last ever Instagram story. And that's I mean, you want to talk about why we've been down bad this past week. It's because it's like, it's just weird how it kind of all fits into this like puzzle. Right. And it's like this final piece kind of just is the final piece, literally the final piece of it all. And obviously we have circles, which kind of brings us back around a little bit naturally. Uh, But I know you wanted to talk about this one. I know this one has been. You've been you've been waiting on this, but this is just an absolute chilling song But with a decent vibe, you know, and it's a it's a decent vibe. That's the worst part. It's like
0: it sounds good. But man,
1: knowing the context, knowing the context, it's it's insane.
0: Yeah, man, this one was for me crazy. I mean, I I think it was maybe back in February or March. I put this album on for. It wasn't the first time because I listened to it right when it came out in 2018. But I've changed so fucking much over the past two, three years. Like a lot of this stuff didn't click beforehand. You know, like when I was 2018, we were still in college. Like I was an idiot. I didn't know what any of this stuff meant. So it sounded good, but I didn't. I didn't connect with it. Mm-hmm. and obviously I've changed a lot since then and last or earlier this year I was listening to it in my car just on a long, kind of like went for a long drive and I heard this song for the first time like really in my current mind state and I'm like, holy shit, man mm-hmm. like first of all so 2009 is obviously a very upbeat like happy vibe song where you got really nice strings and it just sounds really nice this song is, God, it's just like deep, dark, like, you know, it's, I can't even really describe the beat much, but it's like, it's a way different vibe. And I listened to that the first time and I'm like, man, like he really just like wrote a goodbye note at the end of this album. And the more you research it, the Kurt Vonnegut thing and the Instagram story right before he died. And he had a tweet that was deleted too the night before that night where he, I don't know why he deleted it, but he was talking about uh, John Brian, who I, I think I've talked about before John Brian was, he produced, I think eight of the 13 tracks on this song. And he was the one that um, ended up finishing circles.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He had a huge impact on Mac in his late career and next week I'll talk more about him because he had a huge impact on, on Circles. Absolutely. But, but um, he he tweeted how, because the end of this song is like, if you, it's just something you have to listen to. And I have goosebumps right now just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But it's like just the way with the strings and, and all that's entailed, like it sounds like you're ascending to heaven. It's like, it feels like you open your arms up and you're being taken. Like when you listen to it. And he tweeted about that about John Bryan, and it's like God, man, like he, it's like he fucking wrote this story, Mm -hmm. like this is his last song, he's gonna make it sound like he's being taken to heaven after this song comes out and it's over, and it's just so weird. And like last night, I was listening to it again, and I, 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 I knew 2009 was coming to an end, and I was just preparing myself and I started feeling way different cause I knew this song was going to come on. It's just, it's something that it's like almost indescribable of the feeling it gives you with, with the, just the sound and, and what he's saying isn't necessarily so crazy. Um, I mean, it feels like he's recapping his career almost and, and kind of passing the baton on to the next artist, whoever that is, or the next group of artists. Um, he's it just feels like he's he's done like he's passing it on and yep. he's he's gone and it's just like god it's again it's one of those things that it's like you can't even fully describe the feeling of it because it's just it puts you in a place where it's like holy shit like this was it, it's it really just feels like he planned for this to be his last song
1: yeah yeah no, genuinely. And that's, you know, that's what music does. Like it it, it really does bring this like indescribable feeling. Uh, obviously knowing the context makes it even that more chilling, but um, you know, then sometimes that's what you got to leave it, leave it with. Like, just listen to the fucking song, listen to the album, man. Like, because it is his last like note, you know, And circles, obviously he released, didn't, he released release post post posthumous album, but like you mentioned, John Bryan had, was like the major, major architect in that really. And so, um, yeah, uh, kind of glad this week's over. He it's kind of got me in a place. I talked about being an empath, man. I just kind of feed off of other people's vibes and man, this has been a rough one. Absolute rough one, but there's no doubt, there's no doubt that Mac Miller is an absolute mastermind and just a phenomenal, phenomenal musician with the lyrics, with the production, uh, especially as we mentioned uh, in these two albums, just the ability to kind of put it all together and that, man, and Swimming did he not kind of put it all together only in a in a somber tone. So, you have any final thoughts about Swimming uh, these two albums or just this week and week week as a whole?
0: Well, I had a takeaway last night when I was reading through some Mac Miller interviews and I I thought I would save it till next week because it obviously is the end of the Mac Miller month, but I feel like it's good now to say that He, you know, he talked a lot in those interviews about, and he talked in some of these songs too, about how he could have just worked a nine to five and he would have probably been a lot happier because, uh, you know, he talked a lot about the the stress and the negatives of being famous and you know, where it brought him. But at the same time, he, he knew he couldn't, Mm -hmm. he knew he couldn't do that because he was meant to do this. And even though it brought into this place, it's like he almost felt like he was worth it, even though he was constantly battling demons. Um, and that was something else he said. He he knew that the demons made him a better artist. Mm-hmm. And he, and as we can tell, I mean, the way he turned those demons into beautiful songs was, I mean, I don't, I really don't know anyone that's done it better than him. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a sacrifice he made to the world where he would let himself get to a place where he was going to overdose on drugs at 26 years old. But as long as he put out this music, it was worth it. And last night I was thinking like, you know, we, we think all the time about what, what's the meaning of life. And that was something that, that Mac Miller discussed a lot too, where he was trying to figure out what's the point. Mm -hmm. Um, as, as we talked about last week with, uh, Macadelic, the question I think was the first, we started to see that where he's really starting to think deeper about life. And he's like, the question is like, what, what's the point? What are we doing here? And that was something over the next, however many albums it was that, you know, he, he needed, that was what his point was to figure this out and figure it out for himself and, and do that through the music. And I was just thinking from a huge, from every single person standpoint, from a human standpoint, like everyone battles that question too. What's, what's the meaning, you know, and daily life, obviously it's, you get mixed up in it and it, sometimes it can take you to like a, a different place. It's like, sometimes you lose track of what matters and all that. And I was just thinking last night about how I felt listening to Mac Miller and Personally, for me, he makes me feel a way that no other artist does like the way just the places he can take you with again with, with so it goes. It's a place that no one can take. Very few people can take. you. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. some artists that can take you there, but he does. He's just got something else. And I was just thinking we have we have to find that we have to find how can we impact people in that way, in our mm-hmm. own way yeah. that that I think that's the point. How can mm-hmm. we? How can we make someone sit up at night and be like, "Wow!" Like just think about that, you know? Yeah. It, it's we're not no one. We're not all going to be famous artists. We're not all going to be famous anything. But even if it's just one person, like, what what can you do with your special, unique personality and skill set and all that? What can you do to make someone feel like that? Because that. That feeling that that Mac gives me, and, and I know a lot of other people, is again indescribable, and I, I just think like if I can do that to one person, I feel like I would have lived a full life.
1: Yeah, it kind of takes me back to uh, a Jay Cole quote from. Um I forget what album, I think the song's immortal, but he's like, uh, to die a young, a young legend or live a long life unfulfilled. And that's kind of what, how I feel like, you know, Mac, Mac has kind of finished his career and finished his life, you know, a young legend rather than a long life unfulfilled. And so, damn, what a, this has been one of the toughest ones to do. He is, if I'm being honest,
0: it's been hard, man. I mean, like just talking through that, like my voice is, voice is starting to catch a little bit. It's like, yeah, just, tears
1: are coming again, dude. I'm not going like, to front. I'm going to keep it a and, stack. I, I teared up a little bit listening to this album. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing with circles is I don't think, I think circles is more comforting than anything. Yeah. And this is something I want to talk about next week. I feel like swimming was the the crash was like the, i'm i'm gone i'm 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 leaving earth and this is what it's like and circles i feel like just listening to a lot of it especially floating god floating i'll talk about next week another um end end song it, it was the extended version but that's another song that just undescribable of the feelings it gives me but it makes you feel more at peace than anything. So I think swimming, swimming is the good point to really almost break down about it because Mm -hmm. this is, this feels like the end of his life. Right. And circles is, it's just a lot different of a feeling. It's still, there's sad points, but I, I just feel, I don't feel, I feel a lot more calmed by circles and swimming. It just feels a lot more tragic. So this is the point I think where it's like, this is where, you know, it all comes crashing down and that's why it kind of brings those feelings out. Mm-hmm. But, but I think circles is, is a lot different and it's obviously unbelievable um, for what it is, but it, it, it's just a lot more calming, I think. And it, it makes you feel a lot better about what happened to Mac, I think, because it makes you feel like he's okay with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about it. I think we might be able to get uh, both Nick and Drew back on to kind of, you know, bring, bring the Mac month full circle. And hopefully get some good takes uh, from them about his whole career as a whole, because, you know, as we mentioned, we're kind of like late, late stage Mac guys, but, you know, I'm really looking forward to hearing what they have to say. We've had a pretty long pod uh, Hughes, and there's not really much golf going on right now. I mean, unless you want to talk about your own swing, which my swing is looking like uh, Charles Barkley's at this point because I haven't hit the range mm-hmm. in so long. So uh, I do have a golf outing coming up uh, next Friday with uh, my little brother. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but I've been I've been off the course. I've been off the links a little bit. So
0: I've been trying to go once a week. I'm planning on going tomorrow, depending on the weather. Um, you know, I'm just working through the par three right now and mm-hmm. it's I'm seeing improvement every single time. So good. I'm um I'm happy with where I'm at. I, you know, would like to see more improvement, but it's something a few weeks ago I recognized that this is like a slow process. This is not something you just get good at like mm-hmm. within a few times of playing. Um and it's kind of made it a lot more fun for me because early on I was I was mad. Yeah. I was mad. <laughs> but I got to a point where I'm like, I can't be mad because this is the process. And I always preach about how important the process is. So I need to follow that mm-hmm. and just let it play out. Like just get better, a little bit better every week.
1: Plays it live. Plays it live. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hughes, that's probably going to cut it off. I think we did an hour 45. So lots to take from this one. Um, I mean, naturally though, you're, I mean, these two albums are so huge. So influ, so big in his career. Uh, But like I said, we got circles next week. It's been a pleasure. Um, This has been the Divine Rhyme on the Running Hook Podcast Network.